Clap your hands, everybody. Clap your hands, everybody. What a privilege it is to be in the greatest church in America, the West Angeles Church of God in Christ. You lead the way. Give yourselves a tremendous hand. You have the obvious privilege of being led by the greatest leader in Christendom today. Without grandiose flattery, I truly mean it. There are a lot of great men in the world, but uh, I called Bishop once and I told him, you're the greatest man I've ever known. I know of great men, but I never had the privilege to know them. I've walked with him in and out of church, in and out of Christian circles. I've even had the privilege of playing golf with him. I've never, ever seen this man out of character. A tremendous man of integrity. Let's thank God while we can for this great man. Let's thank God while we can for this great man. And coupled with him is a wonderful lady, Lady Blake. I say this without grandiose flattery. A woman of nobility and winsome charm. None like her in all the world. Let's thank God for her. Let's thank God for her. To my dear fellow yokemen of the gospel, a tremendous man of humility and astute biblical knowledge who works faithfully by his father's side. It's not easy being number one at being number two, but you do it well. Elder Charles Blake II. Will you help me thank God for the greatest uh, department leader of music any denomination has ever witnessed on the face of this earth, Dr. Judy McAllister. You're blessed to have her. You, you really are blessed to have her. And now, God, if you would, as you have in times past, please, Lord, word my mouth and give me the, only those things that will bring edification to your people and build them up in their most holy faith. I will take no credit, but all of the glory, all of the honor, all of the praise, I'll give it to thee. In thy dear son Jesus' name, and all of God's people said amen and amen. Before you take your seat, will you turn to somebody and tell them you're in the right place at the right time.
Somebody believe God's got something for you. Go on and start praising him in advance. Come on, start praising him in advance. Start, I got you to praise him in advance. Come on, take 30 seconds and just clap your hands, open your mouth, and give God praise. Now look over at your neighbor, tell him, I'm going to get mine. I'm, I'm going to get mine. You may be seated. You may be seated in the presence of our God. I invite your attention to the following verses of Scripture. In Genesis, the 26th chapter. Today, I have been honored to share God's truth with you. Now, I'm far too ignorant I'm far too ignorant to speak wise, but I pray I'm too wise to speak ignorantly. I have a, a thematic thrust I believe the Lord has deposited into my spirit for this wonderful congregation today. Will you repeat it after me? Two truths. Come on, say it. Two truths. To live by. In this first service, I will try and present to you truth number one. Herein lies that subject matter. Will you turn to somebody and repeat it with me uh, in a very vociferous way? Come on, lift your voice and look at your neighbor and say this truth. Failure is never final. Look on your other side and tell that neighbor, did you hear me what I said? Failure is never final. I got this, I obtained this formatic style of preaching from observing my mentor, Bishop Blake, and that is to have an organized train of thought and uh, try and uh, extract from the text uh, the real essence of your sermonic presentation and not just stand up with a gift of gab. but give people a sound, fundamental understanding of God's word pertaining to a given subject matter of choice. Yes, my brothers and sisters, he preaches the word to us. I'm going to make some attempt at exegetical exactitude as I matriculate through this homiletical outline. Mickey Mantle experienced 1,710 strikeouts and 1,734 walks during his career with the New York Yankees. Now, I'm not going to preach long for two reasons. I'm not going to preach long for what? Reason number one, I want to be invited back. Reason number two, 
I want to be invited back. Mickey Mantle experienced 1,710 strikeouts and 1,734 walks during his career with the New York Yankees. That's 3,444 times that he came to bat without hitting the ball. If a man playing regularly gets around 500 at-bats per season, then that would mean that Mantle played seven years. He played seven years without ever hitting the ball. But what did Mickey Mantle do with his failures? Everybody shout failures. He had thousands of unproductive times at bat and other difficulties to face and to overcome. Yet he, that is Mickey Mantle, yet this baseball batter, he became one of the most respected batting champions baseball has ever known. A person can always, do you hear me? A person can always get up and try again. Mickey Mantle did. What about you? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you're not the only one that has ever experienced failure. How many people here have ever failed at something or another before? Come on, look at your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, if anybody ought to be raising their hands on that, tell them you ought to be raising hands and feet. No one, no one rich or poor, young or old, is immune to trouble. Everyone faces obstacles and disappointments. These things are very real, a real part of our life, a part of the growing and learning process. But why do some people overcome tragedies while others don't? What's the reason? Adversity causes some people to break down and others, Pastor Davis, to break records. Failure. Some are simply more adept at learning from their difficulty. Touch your neighbor. Tell me he's talking about me right there, right there, right there. Some are more adept at learning from their difficulties and turning them into their advantages. It's not what happens to us in life that matters, but rather how we react to what happens. Don't you let some of these self-righteous zealots sitting up in here looking down their self-righteous nose at you as though they've never had a failure. Don't you let anybody make you think that your past, y'all don't hear me, can hold you back from your future. I'm so glad that God does not consider our past to determine our future. 
My brothers and sisters, we don't fail in life because we don't get a break, but because we aren't in the, or rather because we're not in the right place at the right time, or because we only experience tough times, we fail from lack of the right action and lack of the right response and lack of the right attitude. You sitting up there and let the devil make you go into a pity party feeling sorry for yourself. You're not the only one that's ever had a problem. You're not the only one that's ever been lied on. You're not the only one that's ever been tried. You're not the only one that's ever failed. You're not the only one that's ever made a mistake. Touch your neighbor, tell him this row right here is full of them. I'm so sick and tired of church folk that sit up in church with Pollyanna attitudes and self-righteous spirits. It ain't that you didn't, didn't do nothing wrong. You just didn't get caught with yours. Look at your neighbor, tell him you bad. Shout on this. Tell him why you ain't up saying nothing now. Can I preach here? We fail because we accept defeat. We accept failure as final. The truth you need to remember is this, and I want you to shout it out again. Failure is never final. We can make it through the tough times if we lean on God and refuse to accept defeat. We've all come to a time of severe testing, a period of despair. It may be the loss of a job. It may be the breaking of a marriage. It may be critical illness or even death of a loved one. This is a time that can make you bitter or make you better. My, 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 my. I'm about to enjoy my own cooking. This is my sermon. Amen. I wrote this. This is a time that God has never seen. Or man, this is a time that man has never seen. And God himself has seldom seen. This is an age that if God does not condemn, he will have to apologize for what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. Our age waxed far worse than that of Sodom and Gomorrah. We live in an age where man tries to justify wrong and make it look right. Hello, hello, don't you hang up on me. This is long distance. Hello. There's a difference between that of what man calls sin and that of what God calls sin. Man calls sin amusement. God calls it abomination. Man calls sin a blunder, but God calls it blindness. Man calls sin a slip, but God calls it suicide. Man calls sin weakness, but God calls it wickedness. Don't you let anybody fool you into believing that you can practice sin and stay right with God. Sin is a reproach to any people.
Why do some people grow despondent and quit while others respond and refuse to allow tough times to cause them to retreat? It's always, my brothers and sisters, a dilemma to me. And I want to share with you the dynamics of prevailing over failure through the diligence and faith. We must conquer defeatist attitudes and overwhelming circumstances. We must believe God's promise to bless us. I said we must believe God's promise. Oh, I'm saying something right there. I, 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 do y'all need some cue cards right here? That's where you, that's where you shout. That's where you. We, <laughs> we, I said we must believe. God's promise to bless us. I invite your attention quickly to the biblical narrative, Genesis 26. Genesis 26. That lays the format for the conclusion of our message. It says, Genesis 26 and 1. It says there, and there was a famine in the land. There was a what? A shortage. A lack. Anybody here ever experienced lack? You sitting up here trying to act like you always had what you got. Sitting up here looking like a proud peacock with your dressed up clothes on. But you ain't always dressed like you dress. You haven't always driven like you're driven. You haven't always lived in the house like you live in. Don't you hang up on me. This is long distance. Some of y'all over there, are you from the country? I know country people when I see them. Hello. You got a big house now, but you just a few years ago had an outhouse. You sitting up here with some glad rags on you now. But the other day, just the other day, just the other day, you was in the Goodwill store looking for a bargain with your sister's dress on. I don't have nobody talking to me. If there's anybody that ought to be praising God for their blessing, it ought to be. Look at your neighbor and say, what are you waiting on? What, what are you waiting on? Look at somebody that's dry and dead, lifeless and cold and say, what are you waiting on? Don't you know you inhale blessings? You exhale praise. Why are you waiting to exhale? Why don't you clap your hands? Why don't you open your mouth? Why don't you give God some praise? Failure is not final. You shall reap if you, if you faint not. In this same text, we return to the text. Take your mind on a mental flight and recapitulate with me. Fine tune at that third verse of the 26th chapter. And it says that God told them, he told Isaac, sojourn in the land and I will be with thee. I like this. And I will bless thee. Now remember, he's in a land and a time of famine. But God can speak to you no matter what state you're in. 
somebody's going through right now. Somebody's hurting right now. Somebody's had a setback right now. But God speaks to you and says, I will bless you. I will bless you. Yes, you've had it hard. Yes, it's been rough. Yes, it's been tough. But I will. I will bless you. He says, I will bless you. And I'm going to bless your seed. I will give you these countries. And I will perform the oath which I swear unto your father, Abraham. I wish you would look at somebody and tell them, help is on the way. Shake your head like you do when you mean what you say. Ask your neighbor, did you hear me what I said? My blessing. Tell them, my blessing is on the way. Tell them, you can sit there and be dry as a donor, but my blessing is on the way. Confess it with your mouth and believe it in your heart and say it loud. My blessing is, I said it's on the way. My, 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 my. Will you look at your neighbor and just give him a my, 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 my. Some of y'all so stubborn you didn't even give one my. Here's what he says in verse 12. Keep your Bibles open. I have nothing to offer you outside of God's word. There's a famine. There's a shortage. There is no water. Somebody say no water. People are suffering from a lack of productivity. There's no crop. The herds are in trouble because of a lack of provision of water. 12th verse. Look at that 12th verse. It said, Then Isaac sowed in the land. Then. What time was it? It was a time of? It was a time of? It was a time of famine. It was a time of shortage. Yet at that same time, Isaac sold. I want to give to you this three-point outline as I conclude. Point number one, the rules of reaping. A lot of people want to reap, but you cannot reap unless you sow. The best time to sow is when you're going through. The best, oh, you ain't going to say nothing to me. The best time to sow is when you go, why? Because when you sow, when you're going through, you show God that you trust him even when you can't trace him. When you sow, when you're going through, you tell God being obedient to you means more to me than my money. Y'all don't hear me. Money can't buy you everything. Money can buy you the best house on the block, but money can't give you a home. Money can buy you the best doctor in the best hospital, but money can't give you good health. Money can buy you the finest food in the greatest restaurant, but money can't give you an appetite. If I were you, I'd seek the Lord while he may be found and I would call on him while he is near. The rules of reaping, as I hurriedly close, the rules of reaping says just to us that uh, 
If we sow, we shall reap. In this text, he sowed in the land. And the Bible said the same year. Somebody say the same year. Come on, you got to shout this. This is an important part. Look at your neighbor. Say the same year. He reaped a hundredfold. My, 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 my. I wish you pulled that down out the atmosphere, down into your spirit. I'm getting ready to sow here today. I'm getting ready to sow because I believe this is my year of blessings. I, I know we're almost through the year. We're past the halfway point, but will you touch somebody and say there's still enough time? Tell them there's still enough months. There's still enough weeks. There's still enough days in this year for my harvest to come on in. Touch three people say, this is my year, this is my year. Come on, tell them you can sit there and blow bubbles if you want to, but I'm going to open wide my mouth and I'm going to affirm my faith in God's ability to perform what he promised. This is my year. Will you look at somebody and say, neighbor? I said, this is my year. My blessing is on the way. Look at him say, don't hate, celebrate. Look at him say, why you can't be happy for me? Why you sitting there dry and cold, lifeless? Why you can't rejoice with me? Hello, somebody. Don't you know if you praise God with me while I'm thanking God for my blessing, that same God can do for you what he's getting ready to do for me. I wish you'd make the devil mad and shout it to the top of your lungs whether you're on the bottom floor or up in the balcony. This is my year. Tell your neighbor, this is my year. Look at him, say, this is the year I come out of it. This is the year I come over. This is the year that I claim my blessing. Shout yeah! Yeah! Point number two. The repercussions of reaping. The Bible says that in the 14th verse... The Bible said they envied him after he had gotten blessed. There's a chronologue of uh, of blessings. It said God made him rich. (laughs) Somebody that believes is going to get better. Tell somebody it's getting ready to get better for me. Come on, say it's getting ready to get better for me. But I know I'm going to have my haters. Some of them are on your row. Some of them are behind you. I'm so sick and tired of these fakes and phonies. Look in your face. In church. Kissy poo poo. Hello darling. Hello sweetie pie. Hello sugar. And can't wait for church to get out. Get in the cars. And roast you like a chicken on a rotisserie. Where they take turns talking.
talking about you. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, what have you said about me lately? Look at him in the face, tell him, don't you lie to me, you're in church. What did you say? Yes, yes, they're going to envy you. But you ought to tell that person beside you, if you cannot handle me where I am, if you're jealous of me for what I have right now, you better get away from me before this year year is. Because I'm going higher. I'm going. I'm going higher. Yeah. It's going to get better. Touch three people and shout better, better, better. I'm out of here when I tell you this. The text says that Isaac, <laughs> I feel like preaching. If a hundred people out of these thousands of people, if a hundred folk would say, preach, Brother Bishop. Well, since you insist, my brothers and my sisters, there is the rule of reaping. There's the repercussions of reaping. And then there's the reward of reaping. Glory. Isaac and his men went to Gerar. God told him, don't go to Egypt. Look at your neighbor say, the safest place in the whole wide world is in the will of God. Tell him, you ain't got to leave LA. God can bless you right where you are. If you do what he says, you can get what he's got. A preacher that had made some mistakes called me because of my experience. He said, Hutch, what should I do? I said, ain't but two things to do. Turn right and keep straight. your neighbor say never mind the mistakes of your past never mind the hurt of yesterday tell them hold your head up wipe the tears from your eyes God has made you a promise stand on his word get on your feet and say Lord I know you got a blessing for me I know it's not over I know time time ain't gonna allow me oh Lord when I do that in my church my choir does it behind me oh Lord Thank you very much. They usually do it standing up though. Yes. Isaac and his men, I'm coming on in now. They dug a well 
<laughs> they started digging and here come the Philistines saying to him you can't have this well they had stuffed the well with sand rocks and dead carcasses you don't hear me these were wells of opportunity I said wells of opportunity here this well is stuffed it's blocked and then it's got dead carcasses on top they knew the Jews did not believe in touching dead things the devil knows how to block you try to stop you with things that would intimidate you but you ought to recognize that if God said he's going to bless you he's going to bless you and even if that door closes even if that well is stopped up keep on moving keep on moving look at your neighbor say keep on digging look at your neighbor say can you dig that keep digging keep digging dig on they came to another well and at that well the Bible said there were water springing up the Philistines came on the scene and the Bible said they claimed the well and said this is our well wells of opportunity sometime when you get to your well your second well after failing at the first you feel like this is it look like everything is coming together and here come the Philistine look around you see if you see a Philistine here come the Philistines claiming what you're naming claiming your position claiming your promotion claiming your new house claiming the car before you can get it claiming the loan before you can receive it but tell the devil you a lie you a lie if this one fail I'm gonna keep on moving cause failure is not final they moved on with the last well at the third well the Philistines came and fought them over that well second well was called I think it was called Ekex Esek second well was called Sitna meaning place of contention or fight Isaac decided I'd rather keep on moving than to sit here and fight you some of you need to stop fighting over some stuff let them have it let them keep it God's got something better God's got something bigger God's got something greater what if Bishop hadn't moved on after being fought at his first location y'all don't hear me but a real winner doesn't mean he doesn't have some failures it means he believes that failures are not final lay your hand on your neighbor's shoulder and say neighbor 
just a little while longer. Tell them, hang on, just a few more days. I gotta get out of your way now. That third whale, when he got there, 22nd verse says it was called Rehoboth. He named it Rehoboth, meaning wide place, meaning place where the Lord has made room for you. I want you to tell your neighbor, neighbor, you may have been blocked. You may have been hindered. You may have had some past failures. But do your hand like this and say, God is getting ready to make room for you. You getting ready to step into a more fruitful place. You're going to step into a higher place. You're going to step into a wealthy place. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. It ain't over. Yeah. Yeah. Look at your neighbor. Say neighbor. Come on, help me close. Say neighbor. I've had my share of life's ups and downs. Look at them. Point at them. Say I've been down through there. But I heard the word say weeping I thought y'all knew the Bible ah, weeping I'm giving you permission now you've been wanting to point your finger at her point your finger at your neighbor and tell them the word of God said weeping may endure for night get your finger out and shake your head like you do when you mean what you say and tell your neighbor neighbor come on say neighbor as a matter of fact the next time you see him tell him I'm talking about Mr. Weeping the next time you see Weeping you tell Weeping if he's coming to my house tell Weeping don't bring no overnight bag Tell weeping, don't bring no changing clothes. Tell weeping, he can't stay overnight. Cause I got company coming in the morning. Joy, joy, people and say joy, joy, joy. I'm going to trust him. I thought I had a witness.
as I appeal to you, you and you. God wants to bless you, but you got to come on on this side. I know you've experienced some hurts, some pain, some stress, and some strain. But if you'll get up from there right now and walk down that aisle, you're on your way to blessings. Not only did God bless Isaac with, with Rehoboth, but later the Philistine leader came to him and said, I can see, and the word reads, I can see that the Lord is with thee. Because out of all your failures, look at where the Lord has brought you. And then that same day, his, his men came to him and said, the text reads in the 32nd verse, it says, we have found water. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody needs to find water. In the next few fleeting moments, without a beat, I'm going to trust in the Lord. My brother, my sister, by the anointing is on me to bless thee. You're in a famine type situation. You're experiencing lack, shortages, setbacks, hurts. But if you get up right now, you're going to find water. Get up here and come here now and make an oath with God. That last well he called it Sheba, meaning place of oath. Get up here and come to Sheba. Get up here and watch God do what I said. Get up and watch God make a way for you. Get up. Forget about these people around you. Nobody here has a heaven or hell to put you in. Get up and come here now. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Lamb of God, I come. Come here now. I'm talking to you. It's not too late. Get up. Get up. Come here. Come here. Come here. Every time you see somebody step in the aisle, clap your hands. Anointing fall on me, anointing fall on me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Come here, come here, come here. You're gonna get, to come to the well. Come on, come on, come on. It's a well of opportunity. This may be your last opportunity. You don't never know. Death walks the street like a mad dog. Get up, get up. Come here, baby. Come here, mother. You need help with your children. Come here, come here. Your marriage is in trouble. Come here. You need strength to help you. You need help with your relationships. Come here, come here. You've got a financial dilemma. They're flooding the aisles. Will you clap your hands all over this place? This is what we came here for. This is what we came here for. To lead people to the well of opportunity. Let it ring out while they're still coming. Larry. Will you lift your hands, those of you in the balcony, those of you all over the building? Wave your hand and pray this prayer. Of the Holy Ghost, fall on me. Anointing. Anointing. 
my time is up. One last time, wave your hand all over the building. Uh, anointing. Anointing. Hey. I want it to fall. Let the power Father, you see the countless, maybe even over a hundred people on this altar today seeking you one more time. Thank you for not letting the devil win and making them afraid to begin again. Thank you, Lord, for convincing them that it's not over and that you still have them in mind to bless now as they have obeyed you by coming won't you reward them with your blessings first of all your blessing of salvation all have sinned and come short of the glory of God forgive us forgive us forgive us our sins and blot out our transgressions. While your hands are elevated, say, Lord, forgive me. If there's anything in my life that would hinder me in my relationship with you, I repent. I turn away from it. And I believe you for a new beginning. Not only do I believe you for a new beginning, but I thank you for a blessing. I thank you for your blessings. Right now, I open my mouth. I lift my voice. I clap my hands. And I say thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And we thank God for courage.